Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Add to your bath, and you'll know what I mean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Hang above your door, and the evil shall go. Speaking these words with clear intent, reciting this psalm as you repent. But more than this, hyssop aids in your healing. For a toothache, this herb is much appealing. Or with your blood pressure, high and low, Hyssop shall regulate your blood to flow or make a tea for your throat. Hyssop is quite an antidote. <coughs> Greetings! Welcome to A Thousand Serious Moves with Amanda Holstein. This is an occasionally comedic podcast about mysticism, spirituality, and magic. My name is Amanda Holstein, coming to you from far west Texas in a little town known as Marfa. On this season of A Thousand Serious Moves, we are diving into the magical and spiritual and practical uses of herbs and spices. Today's herb of the day is... dun da 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 hyssop. But before we jive into the inner and outer workings of this friendly herb, we will continue talking. And as I continue talking, I shall look at my notes and say a promotion, which is go to my website marfatero.com to book a private tarot reading with me. We can do this virtually or if you are in person in far west Texas, we can meet in person. Go to marfatero.com. And on the website, there are also new baths and oils and fixed candles for all your magical and spiritual uses. If you're watching the video, which you can on YouTube, then you will see that I am presenting here my evil eye bath. So if you feel as if somebody has been casting the evil eye upon you and thwarting your plans or casting any type of evil or jealousy upon you and that it's sending you a lot of negative vibrations that you want to be cleansed from, then you can purchase this evil eye bath, <clears throat> pour it into your bath water, and there's a prayer that you can recite that will help to cleanse you of the evil eye that might be thwarting your progression in your spiritual and mundane life. MarfaTarot.com. As I mentioned as well, you can go to YouTube and search A Thousand Serious Moves to watch the video companion to this podcast, as well as every Monday I release a weekly tarot reading for the collective. What's beautiful about these collective tarot readings is that Everybody can extract some information from it that could be useful for their path. So it's not as if that the reading is just 
going to everybody specifically, but that there are patterns that are set in the intention that can be extracted information therefrom that may be useful to you. And then there's also a collective prayer that I do regularly that you may benefit from. For as we know that where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst. And by I am, I obviously mean myself. I'm just kidding. Um, but I am because I will be doing the prayer, but by I am, I mean the divine I am. That's like, as I speak, so I am, and I will continue to be. I mentioned that this podcast is about mysticism. And so when we look at things like scripture <clears throat> or talk about prayer or talk about God, we're looking at these commonly referred to spiritual concepts on a deeper level. So when I talk about God, I'm talking about the great mystery of the oneness of consciousness, but even that word is a little weird. Um, the very fact that I can't explain it attests to its glory. And even when I talk about the sacred mother, I'm talking about the material world in which we are embodied and how she holds us in her arms and that we are born forth from her womb and by Laying on the ground, we are giving our mother a hug. And simply by acknowledging the earth uh, feels as if I'm connecting to the material world from which I come. So, there's that. <laughs> I wanted to mention a new book that I got. So I do have my own Psalms book that I have categorized that is for sale on my website. Um, but I did come across a new Psalms book that I thoroughly enjoy. It's called Powers of the Psalms by Anna Riva. And this has even more uses of the Psalms, like to acquire tolerance, uh, to be rescued from an intolerable situation. That's funny. When you're feeling lonely, so I've thir I got that book when I was in Deer Park visiting my mom for Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? <sighs> Mine was really nice. It was very subdued. It was very non-obligatory. When I think back on how when I was growing up, there were some really enjoyable Thanksgivings. And then over time, when people started to die in my family because of the disease of addiction and alcoholism, and the disease progressed to such a point that it was more painful and patterns of eating disordered thinking were starting to creep in when I was in my late teens. And I started to have this 
mentality of disordered thinking. I did not know that whenever one is growing up in an alcoholic or addicted family situation that it affects everybody involved. So even though I didn't use drugs right away, my thinking became distorted over time. And so the first way that this family illness presented itself to me was in the form of an eating disorder. And holidays became less and less fun. I didn't know that the disease of alcoholism and addiction were progressive. Um, and that they're, it's really deceptive. So when I would see family members nodding out or erratic, I had no clue what they were on or if they were even on anything. And so it really distorted my perception of reality and what normal and healthy were. And so whenever my dad passed away when I was 22, right before I was moving to New York to go to college, I did, I, I dropped out of high school and got married instead and then ended up finishing high school in like an accelerated program and then in my 20s went to community college, went to Houston Community College. Then I got a divorce because I didn't know what normal healthy relationships are, were, and ended up transferring to Columbia University. And my dad died from the disease of addiction the day after I left to move to New York. It was almost like whenever it was time, like he held on for as long as he could for me. And then whenever it was time, then he passed away. And then I started to go to therapy because there was no way that I was going to be able to go to school and function without some kind of help. And so it was really a gift that my dad passed away because it forced me into therapy that I really needed anyway. And I was in therapy for twice a week for the full two years that I was finishing out at Columbia. And um, I'll be honest, I mean, the integration of, I, I never really smoked weed. I like kind of did, but not only towards, only towards the end of um, my college years did I start smoking weed and ended up having some pretty significant breakthroughs in therapy. Um, and I attribute that to having done the work without drugs and then having had a significant amount of work under me in terms of realizing why I did certain things and certain childhood patterns and then integrating marijuana, not even knowing that I was doing it in like a sacred ceremonial unofficial kind of way, but it ended up propelling me forward in my healing. And so did LSD. Um, so 
And then the flip side of that is that I still had some disordered thinking because then I liked weed and I liked LSD and I love that it blasted me off to another dimension. And so then I progressed as a seeker, but only seeking through the use of substance with some mild meditation and yoga along the way. And eventually hit a wall with that. Um, with, I mean, give me all the access to all the LSD, all the mushrooms and DMT, and it's only going to get me so far, um, because I needed to actually do significant spiritual work. And so once a lot of the old patterns healed, a lot of the old trauma healed, then it was just me and the drugs and being like, well, maybe I need to actually sit down and do the spiritual work of meditation and discipline. And a lot of y'all already know the story, but if you're new, this is a kind of a breakdown of my story is that then I was called to practice magic. Um, It was an audible voice that told me to do it and so I underwent the rite of abramelin which is a purification process to at the end of which one bonds with one's holy guardian angel and receives what's called knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel and so when I finished that my holy guardian angel sure enough told me that certain changes needed to happen in my life and so I had basically everything got burnt down I mean metaphorically and I have been rebuilding for three years since then and that includes getting clean and sober and um you know as somebody who does love psychedelics and loves getting high it's been a challenge to really sit down and do the work without the use of drugs you know what am I gonna do what am I gonna just like take acid every day and be like that 50 year old woman who's just like is that even a thing you know it's like I know that there's like old men that you see where you're just like they must have done acid every day for their entire life and they're probably still doing acid you don't really see too many women like that um but I was on my way to becoming that new archetype (laughs) I was creating a new archetype of well, men, if men can take acid every day, so can women. I was like, whatever. Um, so, you know, and it's really about being able to go into the inner mysteries and be able to go into the inner depths and do deeper work in the spirit realm that you can't get there just by the drugs alone. I know from experience because I've done DMT plenty of times. And one of the last times that I did it, there was uh, sure enough, some animal headed Egyptian God that slammed the door on me and was like, you can't come in. <laughs> and, and I was like banging on the door. I'm like, but there's more. I know that there's more. I want to know more. And they're like, you know, procule, procule, este profane, like be gone, you who are profane, like, 
you know, acid's not going to unlock every door. Like DMT's not going to unlock every door. Like that's the waiting room that they talk about. And DMT is like, you know, you're only going to be able to get so far with even these, you know, God molecules and concepts that really, I think that that's why magic in a lot of ways is like my saving grace because it allows me to dive into and seek the deeper mysteries and that deeper spiritual growth growth that I was seeking with the use of drugs. And I'll tell you, like, it's really weird to be in a 12-step program and to consistently be feeling like I don't fit in, <laughs> but knowing that that's where I have to be, um, where it's good for me to be, because the principles of 12-step keep me really focused on the simplicity of spiritual development and keep me honest and keep me grounded in these concepts that are like, well, if nothing else, I stayed clean today. And that's something to be proud of. And the basic tenets of taking a personal inventory and keeping my side of the street clean, like, this basic foundation that the 12-step program gives me helps me in my magical and mystical development. It gives me spiritual principles. It gives me accountability. And it's so funny because I, there, uh, constantly I'll be in meetings and be like, do I even belong here? Because my story doesn't sound like everyone else's. But there is enough of an overlap where I do like things in excess. Or I did. And I don't have to understand why I'm in 12 Steps. Other than, like, it's a good place for me to be. And it allows me the opportunity to grow spiritually and also to be of service. So even if sometimes I regularly feel like an imposter, I know that it keeps me grounded. And that I come from a family of addiction in the bloodline. And so I am healing for myself and I'm healing the bloodline. And I know that it's where my guardian angel wants me to be, to keep me honest and to keep me sober. I mean, because if I didn't have the program, I would probably be like taking acid more than prescribed, you know, which would be like what, like have like maybe one or two acid trips a year, maybe do DMT like once a year, you know, maybe do mushrooms like twice a year. And I, I never did them like that. So it keeps me from that temptation to just say, I'm just not going to do it. And then whenever I think about some of the really adept magicians that I follow and that I learn from who are older and wiser and presumably justified ones. 
they're not taking acid every weekend. Like they're, they're doing the work, they're doing research, they're doing scholarly work, they're doing the day-to-day practice that doesn't involve getting high beforehand. Um, so, I, so that's, I wasn't planning on talking about that, but here it came out. I was really just talking about Thanksgiving. So, um, but really being in recovery, right? Like bringing it back to that <clears throat> is that because I'm in recovery, I'm able to enjoy the holidays more and I'm able to set clear boundaries and be like, I don't want to do this thing. Like, I don't want to feel obligated to hang out with certain family members that I just don't really like want to be around. I just don't really like them very much. Um, or that I just want to stay at my mom's house and just read all day. Like that's something that feeds my soul right and like I don't have to feel obligated to anybody else anymore like people pleasing right like trying to like get other people to like me or or be socially acceptable to other people this is something that I learned in 12 steps like my sponsor one of my sponsors tells me that if I'm people pleasing then I'm lying right because then I'm pretending to be somebody else in order to get people to like me and I'm being dishonest. So it helps to flip that perspective for me where I get to be honest today and say, I'm not going to do that thing. I'm not going to do that thing to get other people to like me. And I'm going to learn to stand in my integrity and learn to have self-confidence and to believe in myself and to do what's good for me and not in some egocentric selfish way but that's like I heard it said that's like what's good for me is good for you because my God only has win-win situations and so as long as I'm in alignment with the higher power and with spiritual principles and I'm praying for guidance and direction then I can make wise decisions that are going to be of benefit to me and of benefit to the greater collective. Because when my cup is full and when I'm in my truth and my integrity, then this helps bring healing to the collective field. Rather than going to some family event and like resentfully like sitting in the corner and being and like, oh, I don't have anything to talk to these people about, right? It's like, I don't have to do that anymore. And what's cool is that my mom is also on that shit too. She's also very much in alignment with like not trying to people please. And so she and I got to just spend the holiday together. And we didn't even have a traditional Thanksgiving meal. We had fettuccine Alfredo and and got to just enjoy each other's company and then I got to read and she got to nap and we just had a nice relaxing holiday and that's a gift of recovery for me of not only recovery from codependency but recovery from drugs and alcohol and I don't really 
need them today. And it really is just one day at a time. Like maybe one day I will have a glass of wine. I don't know. You know, it's like, do I really need it today? And, you know, I I know that that's a critique of the 12 steps is that how can you say you're never going to drink again? And, and it's like, I don't know, you know, the, the dogmatic um, principles of 12 steps of like, uh, you know, identifying oneself as an addict or as an, as an alcoholic. And as if you're like putting some type of death sentence on yourself or reiterating some type of negative narrative. Um, but to me, when I admit that, I have a tendency towards addiction to people, places, things, drugs, or substances, then I'm also admitting that there's a solution available to me. And for me, that solution is provided in surrendering to a power greater than myself. And... I don't have to worry about tomorrow, right? Like we learn that in scripture, right? Like the flowers neither toil nor spin and yet God provides for them. So I don't have to worry about, oh, am I never going to take acid again? Am I never going to take ayahuasca? Am I never going to, right? I don't have to worry about that. All I have to know is that today I'm going to meditate. Today I'm going to do these particular training exercises that... I'm not supposed to be high when I do them. It's the day-to-day grinds, like the not glamorous aspect of spiritual growth and real long-term strengthening and development. It's the grind. It's not all spiritual experiences and synchronicities and clear messages Sometimes it's just sitting down on the floor with the candle in front of you and meditating for an hour. It's not all that glamorous, (laughs) though some might say it is. So, sorry, let me just clear my throat. I keep clearing my throat. (coughs) So, that is not what I was planning on talking about today, but maybe somebody needed to hear that. I know I have more listeners and new listeners too, a lot of whom maybe don't know my story. So there is an overview of my story and where I'm at now. And I really appreciate everybody who is listening and all the new listeners too. Welcome. Welcome Seattle. Welcome Australia. Welcome New York. I'm trying to think. I checked some of my numbers on Apple Podcasts yesterday and Seattle. There was a decent amount of people listening in Seattle and in Australia. So welcome to you all and everybody else in between. Um, Texas. I know there's lots of Presidio County people um, all over actually. So I just want to say welcome. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review. Um, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen. Um, It just helps to get this podcast out there more. And I really appreciate you taking the time and putting your divine energy and perception towards this podcast. And I pray that you are blessed. I pray that you have a blessed week and a blessed month and a blessed day. 
And I'm actually not done with the podcast. I know it sounds like I am, um, but I'm transitioning to talking about hyssop, which is our herb of the day, of the week. And some of you might know that from the Bible, from the book of Psalms, there's a Psalm 51 that actually talks about our herb hyssop. And this Psalm is one of the seven penential Psalms. And so it's one of the Psalms that one can recite on a Sunday or any day to purify one's soul. And so when we think about penential Psalms and penance, we're not thinking about, oh, I'm like whipping myself and oh, I'm such a horrible person, but it's really about asking to be refined and to be made a better person. And I know that in our society now, there's a huge new age current that's like, everything you do is fine and you are divine and already perfect. And yes, that's true, but there's also a process that we can undergo if we so wish to become refined and to become better? Is that a word? I think that that's okay to say because one doesn't just, again, drop acid and then be let in through the gates of heaven, right? Like there is a process of becoming ready to be able to receive greater and deeper mysteries because the mysteries are always unfolding and there's always more for us to learn. And so the process of of refining, of learning our lessons, of becoming better people, more consciously aware and more empathetic and compassionate, more disciplined and loving, that this process can open us and awaken us to greater and deeper and wider possibilities. So before we get into all the details of Hyssop, I did want to recite Psalm 51 because I love reading Psalms. So with that, here is Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, And in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. I've thought about doing another series on the Psalms because there is so much depth to them. And I've thought about bringing back the Patreon. I originally had a Patreon and then it was in 2020 and then I let it fall by the wayside, but I've been thinking about picking it back up again and maybe going through in-depth looking at the Psalms. Is that something that y'all would be interested in? Send me an email at htxoracle at gmail.com or if you have any questions at all about anything at all pertaining to this episode or otherwise spiritual, magical, mystical endeavors. And with that, here we are at our herb of the day, herb of the week, hyssop. So in terms of the mundane uses for healing from Herbally Yours by Penny C. Royale, if you have a sore throat, you can make a tea with hyssop, allow it to cool slightly, and gargle with this tea. You can also boil hyssop with vinegar and rinse if you have a toothache. It also regulates high and low blood pressure. So if your blood pressure is really high or really low, hyssop can help to regulate your blood pressure. I'm not a medical doctor. Maybe you would just make a tea with it, take a sip, take a couple of sips, see how it goes. <laughs> so the purpose of mentioning the healing properties of these herbs and spices is so that you recognize that there are other modalities and other means for healing that extend beyond just what the <clears throat> official story is. And especially if you live somewhere like in far west Texas where there's not really a great hospital nearby or um, a dentist nearby, let's say. There's no dentist in Marfa. But if you have a toothache, then you know, oh, I could gargle with some 
hyssop boiled in vinegar. So, and these uses that are for healing are also, we can think of that line from Psalm 51, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. That hyssop is used for purging or cleansing. And so thinking about healing a sore throat or purifying. And then that brings us to the magical uses is that hyssop is typically used in purification baths. So you would make a tea with hyssop and probably some salt and then you would strain that and add it to your bath water for a purification bath. You can also add it to a sachet and then toss the sachet in the bath if you don't want to clean up the herbs or anything like that. Then you can just make a hyssop sachet to put in your bath for cleansing purposes. Um, You can also make a tea with it to cleanse your home or any particular items. Like if you went to a thrift store and you want to cleanse all the energetic gunk that's built up on these objects that you're then bringing into your home, then you could make a tea with hyssop and sprinkle those objects with it. And really anything that you're bringing into your home that's from a thrift store, um, I recommend, I one method I use is I like to leave it outside in the sun for at least 24 hours because the sun is inherently purifying. And then maybe sprinkle it with some holy water or Florida water, or you could make a hyssop tea and use that to cleanse or your items or even your altar space. Um, And then you can also hang hyssop in your home above your door to get rid of any evil. So if you just have the dried herb, you can add it to a pouch and then hang that pouch next to your door to keep the evil away. And as always, anytime that we're working with an herb, in terms of its medicinal or spiritual properties, we'll just speak over the herb and just tell it what we want it to do. And so what's great about Psalm 51 is that if you're working with hyssop, you can actually just recite this psalm over the hyssop, over the sachet, over the bath, or the tea, and it will activate the herb to already know what to do because the herb is in resonance with this particular psalm. And so Reciting Psalm 51 will help to activate these particular qualities in this herb. It's like waking it up to be like, okay, time to go to work to bring purification. And with that, I shall reread our poem of the week dedicated to our good friend, Hyssop. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Add to your bath and you'll know what I mean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Hang above your door and the evil shall go. Speaking these words with clear intent, reciting this psalm as you repent. But more than this, hyssop aids in your healing. For a toothache, this herb is much appealing. Or with your blood pressure, high or low, hyssop shall regulate your blood to flow. Or make a tea for your throat. Hyssop is quite an antidote.